Howdy, folks. Happy Tuesday. We're back. We have things to talk about, uh, about the NHL and uh, the playoff race. And I'm sure, sure when that gets on the show, we'll be arguing about the validity of the Philadelphia Flyers and Edmonton Oilers playoff chances. But we'll start with some pre-show stuff, Russ. Yeah, so um, Anthony Barr, a linebacker from the uh, Minnesota Vikings, mm-hmm. signed a – well, he came to a verbal agreement with the New York Jets for – $14 million a year, which was on probably the cusp of maybe being too much money for what he's worth. But, again, Jets have to overpay a little bit to get get players to play for him right now. Whoops. And um, so they did that. And about an hour, two hours ago, he rescinded that deal and re-signed with the Minnesota Vikings – for $13.5 million. Now, what what I really don't like is the way the NFL does this. They have their official tampering period, and players agree to deals, and then the next day they get to, like, change their mind. Hold on, because the other team finds out via the media what their guy has been offered and decides, you know what? With all this sort of cap maneuvering, we can come close to it. We'll give you this, and then the guy stays. Which, that whole thing's got to stop. Which is an oxymoron, like official tampering. It's like jumbo shrimp. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, but this is okay. This is how ridiculous and sordid the NFL is. A wide receiver who played for Carolina, Devin Funches, signs a one year contract with the Indianapolis Colts. Funches has done essentially nothing in his career, not much, okay? And on a one-year deal, he is making more than Connor McDavid. He's making $13 million. So put it in perspective here. I mean, I understand the NFL is multi-billion a year and the NHL doesn't make as much. But and the and the NFL, but the NFL has a has a hard cap basically. Yeah. And so does the NHL. And the, a an oh by the way number two maybe number three wide receiver who played with Cam Newton and didn't do much in his career he's making more than the best and highest paid player in the NHL. That's why I have begun to really hate the NFL because it rewards players who are nothing or close to nothing with money that's ridiculous. Well, they used to do that with quarterbacks, and then they finally came up with got rid of the slotting. And and that was smart because they were paying guys that weren't worth it, like Ryan Leaf and and so on. But this situation's bad because we don't see this in any other sport where guys come to verbal agreements and then they're like, "Oh, you know what? Funny thing, I got this last minute offer. I'm going to go with that." And we don't really see that. But with the NFL, we see it more often than not, and more often than not, it's a rebuilding team like the Jets or something where a player decides, "Ah, oh, you know what?" My other team finally blinked. They came close, so I'm, I'm going to go with them. Well, it's really a dangerous way to sort of play your free market system, even though the NFL is really not a free market well, system. Well, let me let me ask you, because I know that you know the, the Jets are in on Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. And I'm praying because – I'd rather be in on the Liberty Bell, but that's yeah. <laughs> There was a report out there from an ESPN reporter, I think it was Josina Anderson, who said – listed like five or six teams, and one of them was the Bills. And it's like, okay, how many old 
and I'm saying Le'Veon Bell is old, but how many old running backs can you collect? And and right. uh, you know it's like they already signed Frank Gore. I'm waiting for them for to sign Thurman Thomas and OJ Simpson and Franco Harris. But the last team I want the Bills, the last player I want the Bills to sign is Le'Veon Bell because they need to throw the ball to win. And I yeah, you know, well I mean, are you are you because you're a Jet fan? Are you pro Le'Veon Bell or are you anti? No, I'm I'm anti, but I know what'll happen. The same thing that sort of happened with Santonio San Holmes. A lot of these guys come from Pittsburgh. Now, I'm going to give the exception was Alan Fanica. He was just A-plus the whole time, and he just walked away at the, the height of his game and was just like, you know what, I'm done. I res- I appreciated that guy because he was great, <laughs> and, and there was no, like, shenanigans. All these other guys that come from Pittsburgh, when Pittsburgh gets rid of them for shenanigans, are all great players because Pittsburgh knows how to draft, right? And they know how to develop. So – like, Santonio Holmes was really good until he wasn't. And then all of a sudden, he becomes a problem. Bell will probably be really good for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden, something will happen, and, you know, the pressure of New York, whatever, he'll start mouthing off, and he'll be like Geno Smith in the locker room. And, well, you know, at the end of the day, you don't want that. But, again, the NFL is just so full of these guys that it's a shame for the good guys because I like interviewing the good guys, and I don't want to say there aren't any because there's a ton. But it's these other guys that get all the press, that get all the money, and it's like the good guys that do their job, like the Jets signed C.J. Mosley, right? If people go on my Twitter feed or YouTube, go to Sportsology's YouTube, I did an interview with C.J. Mosley because his wife is on a reality show. He's a cool guy. I really liked him even when he was on the Ravens. Now he's on the Jets. He didn't rescind his contract. You know, like these guys, they feel like nobody's going to offer them anything, so they go to a team – a lower level team, right? That has a lot of money like the Jets and they get a big offer and then they, they go ahead and they, they sort of shop it around town. They do that in major league baseball too, but they don't make verbal agreements when they do it. You know what I mean? Bryce Harper didn't make a verbal agreement to anybody and then sign with the Phillies. So this is a different thing. And I think really Goodell should do something about this. It's yeah, bad and, I, and I won't say, I, I won't call the Jets football Siberia like, a uh, a well known and actually a guy I like I like listening to on the radio and on t- on TV, uh, Don Lagreco who covers the who covers the uh, the Jets and covers the Rangers too. He referred to Buffalo and a hockey best man, Don Lagreco, by the way. No, no, he's a great guy. I, I actually met him uh, last year uh, at, at the home opener for the Leafs at the, when they played the Rangers. But he referred to Buffalo as football Siberia, and I'm like, okay, do you remember that the Jets were worse? Than the Bills this year, yeah, the market's not Siberia, and Buffalo isn't either. You know, football Siberia really, if it was Cleveland, cold, well, no, Jacksonville, the Jacksonville, and and Nick Foles just signed there for way more than he's worth. I think he's getting twenty something million a year. Now he yeah. did win a Super Bowl. I get it, but again, this NFL is so rich that other Super Bowl winners that weren't that good, like Trent Dilfer, he'd be making 25 million. Like it's just silly. Yeah, a, a bad quarterback yeah. makes 20, 15 to 25. You got to, re- you got to remember about the thing that drives the NFL so much. You know what their salary cap is? It's over twice yeah. what the NHL's yeah, is. Crazy. Yeah. Like it just, so there it, it's nuts. They actually get enough TV revenue just from from the revenue sharing that covers something like three quarters of the salary cap yeah. like per team 
like just off their national contracts through the NFL. That's what's driving it is there's so much freaking money and there is a, and, and it has 50% of it has to go back to players anyway. So they just rather spend it because they make so much. It's a completely different economic model. Like yeah. the, the two leagues are completely incomparable. It's just like, you can't compare baseball. Right. To, right. to and, But what I think is interesting about baseball, Russ, and you know this better than anyone is there's a lot more proceed with caution going on in baseball and these guys aren't jumping the gun to to agree to it tomorrow morning at noon or whatever it is. Oh, if you're calling, uh, right, right? Like there's there's a bit of a different trend going. It's a collusion or caution. Yeah. And, and yeah. And the rain the range that's a good name for a book. <laughs> the, the, the range in baseball, since they have a, a luxury tax and not a and not a cap, the range in terms of salary, the Boston's, the LA's and the New York's spend more than NFL teams. And teams like Kansas City and Pittsburgh spend less than the the cap floor right. in the NHL. That's the divert right. the wide divergence. But I'll tell you what's going on in baseball though. They and I and I did just post it on a website called fungosports.com. They are gonna have a strike in 2021. It's coming because we talked about Blake Ooh. yesterday. Alex Bregman, who's a star shortstop for the Astros. He's a second-year player. His first year, he was about 19 homers, 80 RBIs. So last year, he goes out and hits 33 homers, has 103 RBIs and 51 doubles. He gets a $41,000 raise. $41,000 in baseball is like 12 12 bucks to a regular person getting a raise at their job. Last thing, Um, Bryce Harper making $25 million with his signing with the uh, with the Phillies. Yeah, I tweeted about uh, most, that with the um I tweeted that that was like that's like the floor of the post lockout NHL salary. Yeah. Most most, you know, and it, most people believe Aaron Judge is close to or maybe as good as Harper, but because he's he hasn't he's at, he's only in his third year. Well, not enough time served. Right. He's making $700,000. Yep. I'll take seven hundred. Believe me, I would take seven hundred thousand dollars. But if I see Bryce Harper or I see Jacoby Ellsbury, who hasn't been healthy in two years, making twenty five million, I'm like, let's friggin' strike now because this is ridiculous. Yeah. And you've got Oshkin Slaughter in your knee. Nobody wants you. Right. And seven hundred thousand would be a big price cut from what you're getting on hockey bus. So you shouldn't do that. If you put Mike in right field, he's hurt the next. The yeah. next inning, we know this already. Hey, I played softball and I pulled one quad in one inning, went into the outfield and pulled the other quad. It's the greatest Dude. story ever. It's, and it's I, the- I can remember once catching like on TSN here a men's softball broadcast off of ESPN. There's someplace nice with palm trees, and all it was was like 285 pound hulking oh, men. Yeah. And it's a slow pitch. They yeah. lob the ball up and they <laughs> swing with every iota of strength they have. And when they miss, it is spectacular. Right. Right. It's, yeah. like, sure. it's like something out of a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Right. It's like, well, you still play in one of these kind of leagues, don't you, Russ? I did. I stopped. This was about three, three four years ago. I thought you still played like really recently. Do they have, do they have PED testing? No, but listen, three sure. or four years ago, I did play in one of these leagues. And we played it for a couple of years, and it was played up at Merck. And Merck is a pharmaceutical company. Yeah, we would play, and these guys, these all these guys would look completely steroided out. We had a team of normal guys. I'm playing third base, and these guys could literally hit it to the solar system 
to me if they wanted to. So, but what happened? What would happen with these guys is if, if enough you hit Alice, enough say Alice, you can hit the ball really well. You know that. True. If you hit more than three homers in an you inning, need a bat. <laughs> if you hit more than three homers in an inning, you are out of the inning. And then if they did it more than a couple of innings in a row, then it started to be outs. So, <laughs> so these guys were so undisciplined that it would come time that they would hit the fourth homer and it would be an out because they didn't That's know how to right. just hit a base hit or hit a regular fly ball. It was a home run or nothing. And some of these guys were ridiculous. So we did have to get out of that league because they were yeah. just if, if you're gonna take performance enhancers to play softball, something is wrong with you. The thing that makes my story even more funny about me pulling both quads is that that was probably the first game I ever stretched before the game. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, okay. I never stretched before a game. Those are myths. Those are myths, the whole stretching thing. No, you have to stretch. You, you have do. to stretch, no, and I, I never did, and then I stretched. You know, and I pulled soccer player, you know. I stretched before the hockey game, so I know. Yeah. I do. All right, let's get started, shall we? Because I'm going to prove to you today why the Edmonton Oilers are going to make the playoffs. Um, all right. I spent a lot of time on this, and, and Peter, you know, we talked about this as possible. So. Yeah. All right, so. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize you were doing it. Well, I'm, uh, you, guys, you guys don't have to. I'm, so I'm going to give you a really shortened version of it because I, I – um, well, I'll, I'll do mine right now. That's how long it'll take. Okay, well, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I went no, 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 no. You do yours. I'll do mine. Okay, you got <laughs> All right, here we go. Ready? Yes. <laughs> By the way, I did change two things back there if you're looking for interest. Hello, Hockey World. It is Tuesday, March 12th, 2019. I am math genius Michael Agello. I am Peter Nopold Quad Testier. <laughs> I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Eklund. My patches fell off my thing. <laughs> I, was, I was jokingly putting this up there. I think this kind of looks cool, doesn't it? Be a cool shirt. Um, and I'm Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in the comings and goings in the hockey world. And last night, kids, Man. before we get into the Oilers, hold the red phone. I got the bat phone right here. Mm -hmm. Flyers are three points out of a playoff spot. <laughs> and we're all sitting there saying there's no way in hell they can make it, right? They're not making it. They're no, you said it. 91 no points. There was 91 points. I know. But they're three points out. No way in hell. All right. Okay. All right. So, um, <laughs> we're having fun with this. So, yeah, the Oilers playoff theory. Ready for this, Toronto Greenhouse in the chat room? That's just laughing at me. Here we go. Um, okay. So, let's look, shall we, for a second at the Western Conference? Because um, you know it exists. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about it enough. All right. So, currently, I'm going to bring it up here for all of to see because this will be fun. The standings are interesting because in there, in there, you know, the big, big win last night by the Oilers, obviously, big win, big, huge oh two God. points against the Rangers. Um, because that, that, I mean, this, that was huge in keeping them, yeah, keeping their whole them in the season would be lost without that win. It may have been, Russ. Um, you might be right about <laughs> that. So, all right, so let's go to the wild card race in the West. Here we go. I'm gonna look at this carefully. Things fell well, off. Chicago, again. Chicago won too. So, we got to talk about this. Their odds, right? Yeah, we're gonna talk about all this. So, here, here's here, here we have. For those of you keeping track at home, the standings. Okay, so this is the wild card race right now. Dallas, 68 games played, um, 75 points. D down to Edmonton, 69 games played, 69 points. So that's six points for those of you who can't do math at home that separate these six teams, um, two of which are going to make the wild card. Basically, after the, when you go up above here, it actually is pretty unlikely that 
you know, Dallas is going to catch St. Louis is possible, but you know, the way St. Louis is playing no. Otherwise these six teams are pretty much set at the top. So the Tarasenko injury brings it into, into, into know. possible, right. Perspective. Right. Okay. So, all right. So I thought, you know, I was, so I, as you know, as I was doing this, I'm like that, that's really, you know, as opposed to the flyers who only have one team ahead of them, the Oilers have one, two, three teams ahead of them. And then they have to beat one of these. So four teams to get into the wild card. Very tough, right? Because all these teams are playing each other um, in different situations. You got three point games. We all know the way it works. Okay. But six points out with a game in hand on Minnesota. So think of it that way, too. So they are actually, so from Minnesota, they are. They're five points five, out with a game in hand. Yeah. Right. 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 They are five points out with a game in hand, right? So that's a three point. So basically, you're looking at another three point situation. If the game in hand no, 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 is. No, 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 no. You, you can't assume the victory. The game in hand for them is Tuesday against New Jersey at, in Edmonton. You would think that, I mean, if they don't win that, they don't belong in the playoffs, right? But they've got the, the Devils who are, have, have like three NHL players on them right now with all the injuries they have. So that should be a win. All right, but even if I even if we don't assume that, even if we go far off the bat, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop this and just talk to you guys from now. My blog today kind of summed it up best, I think, because of, you know not just because it's mine, but <laughs> the fact of the matter is, we love to talk about this. You know these these websites that have things like percentages and and sports clubs. That's a good one, right? They're the one I think I've been doing this the longest with that kind of stuff. They're pretty solid. Um, I have a story on them tomorrow coming up because I, I went back in the last three years and looked at who they had and the percentages they had of teams making the playoffs in the first week of March and who actually made it, who didn't. But right now what they have, okay, is they have Dallas, you know, who we said just that there is in the first playoff spot, as an 86.5% chance of making the playoffs. Right. right. Um, Minnesota, right after them, it drops down to 374 Right, because um, they have less because they have less games. They only have twelve. Right, games. They, Dallas has fourteen games to play, and they're ahead. So they 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 do they are looking really good, right? right. Um, then Arizona with thirty eight, Colorado with thirty. Arizona actually has the second best chance of making the playoffs, scoring them because Arizona has one more game to play than right. Minnesota. Right, and then Colorado at twenty nine, and then despite the fact that the next two teams are only one point behind Colorado, Chicago's at four point eight percent. They're three points behind Colorado. Colorado. Three points, right? With, with yeah. the game in hand, right? With the game in hand. So game three points behind Colorado. Right. 4.8% chance and a 5% chance for Chicago and Edmonton. Actually, has right. Chicago is a longer shot to make the playoffs in Edmonton. And, and the reason why is it's that it's not like they're five points behind Minnesota and nobody's in between them. They're five points behind Minnesota with Colorado and Arizona between them. So that right. means that they need three teams to lose to, for them to gain. Okay, well, let's, let's play this out a little bit longer. And I'm going to, and then I'm, and if I'm not all this, you can tell me why I haven't proven this. Let's, one of the factors that this sports club pro stats website doesn't take into account or whatever they're, I'm sorry, sports club sports stats, stats with sports club stats is not taking into account is how these teams are actually currently playing. How well are these teams playing? Okay. And you look over the last 10 games at those six teams, the best record of those six teams is Edmonton, Arizona. Arizona. Arizona's eight and two, right. Eight and two in the last ten. Edmonton seven, two and one. Right. And Minnesota six, two and two. Dallas six and four. Colorado five and four. Five, four and one. Okay, so that's what you have there over the last ten games. Let's those 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 numbers are good for Edmonton to keep playing that at that rate. That's a, that'd be incredibly difficult for them they to have do. To play better than that. No, they don't. They don't. Yes, they do. Why? They no, they don't. No, if all the teams play the, at the same rate that they're playing right now for the rest of the season, just taking that into account. So that would be, you know, Arizona's been playing 500 points percentage hockey. No, they're not. Not in the last 10. 
in the last right. ten. But what they in do the last ten, if they were to stay, if they were to go in their last eleven games at the Hold same on. rate, but seven. Yeah, if you take the last ten of every team, that's not a predictor of what they're going to do for the next ten. Only no, Tampa not. Bay. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. It's, it's it's not impossible that they an Edmonton schedule actually is easier in their next ten than it was the last ten, and the next actually they're talking about their last next twelve. Okay, so if they were to stay at that rate, Arizona would make the play. Arizona would you know would finish in the top wild card with ninety four points. Dallas with ninety two. Edmonton and Edmonton just out at eighty nine, which is still out of the playoffs. Okay, three points out of the playoffs. Um, so um, Minnesota eighty seven, Colorado eighty four, Chicago eighty five. That's if they continue playing like they played the last 10 for the rest of the way. So Edmonton is still missed by three points. All right. Can I explain why Arizona is not going to make the playoffs? Right. I can tell you why Arizona is not going to make the playoffs. But go ahead. Well, I'm going to tell you it's very simple. They are 17-5-3 at home, 17-15-3 at home, 17-15-2 on the road. They have not differentiated their home ice to anything, and at some point that will kill them. Even yeah. if, and if they lose a couple of home games, that's what's going to hurt. Right. No, that's and that's a great point. I mean, the eight and two is an incredible record, but their last um, twelve games, I guess it is, or yeah, they have they have thirteen games to play. Um, I there's a point thing I did for like the strength of schedule, mm-hmm. and basically it goes from like zero to five. If if you're the, the closer you get to zero, the harder your schedule is for the rest of the way. Um, but just, it's basic. Just, but just just, just so you know, it, just take this into consideration though. If Dallas plays five hundred hockey, seven and seven in their last. 14 games they will end they up will with 80 win. they will they'll they will end up with 89 points so edmonton for ed for wait for ed for edmonton to to tie them yeah they have yeah. to go 10 and 3. that's why i'm saying the odd the odds the percentages are right the percentages just are went seven two and one so 10 and 3 is not impossible it's not a five percent chance it's like I, it's not they've gone nine and three with all the pressure off I of think them. Dallas is going to make the playoffs okay I think, I, I agree let, me, with let me just make let me just make the point they've gone nine and three after you know making the uh the, the deal for sam gagne doing nothing at the deadline and the focus of almost everyone has been off of the oilers and as soon as that happened they won four games in a row then they got their butt handed to them by toronto then they won a few more games then they got their then they lost to toronto again they've done it with mostly no eyes on them now all of a sudden they're five points out of a playoff yeah. spot and everybody's gonna say well they got them they got a ch- outside chance of making the playoffs yeah this team has proven that they choke under the pressure they do have good players they do have mcdavid they do have dryso they don't have anything else other than those players that's the whole point this is not no, a good I mean, team the chances of them being doing anything in the playoffs is rare okay is is i mean getting the, but getting the playoffs is not impossible at all and it's not and, it, and it's not impossible we agree with you on that but it's not yeah, going to be possible the 5% thing of like you know like that this is the other thing that people probably don't know i did this i did i went through their their record against these teams that they're playing the rest of the way so if you were to take how they played against those teams the last the last 2 years and the last 4 years i did both of those um in the last 2 years they've got a 690 winning percentage against the teams they're playing the rest of the way the oilers do 690 mm-hmm. I mean that, that's that. These, so these are teams, and some of the and the Blues are in there, but they've dominated the Blues. And now, now we can say the Blues, but they the Blues are dominated Jordan Bennington. That's different. But the right. Blues are also at the very end of the season, when the Blues may not have anything to play for, or they might but have they, something. Sure they, they're, only, they're only four points ahead of Dallas. 
Right, right, right. Right now they are. Right now they are. But, you know, it could, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. But all I'm sitting sitting back and saying is that what I'm trying to prove here is the concept of these percentages is insane because it's really, I mean, there are so many other things that can happen and there aren't incredible long shots for them to happen. Well, I, I, like I said, I mean, the reason. The reason but that how, it's how you're oh. weighting those long shots, right? So when you're dev- driving a model, you're going to put a weighting of the importance of each event. That's how you, that's right. how you would do it. So Correct. if there's a long shot and the percentages say it's a 5.2%, but really we look at it and says the math isn't there. You're weighting that there's some other probabilities that are likely to happen versus the ones that aren't. And you're going to have a weight of what that means in there. That's how, right. that's one way it should be done. Yeah, yeah, Look, yeah. I've, got figure, I've got to figure it out. So you guys don't have to worry about it anymore. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> so Minnesota is going to drop. Okay. And they're going to miss the playoffs. And um, Arizona is going to squeak in with 87 points. Okay. And then it's going to go. So they're going to swap. Colorado is going to finish with 85. Chicago with 82. Vancouver is actually going to finish with 80, 77. Anaheim 65 and LA is going to finish with um no 75 sorry for Anaheim and LA is going to finish with 69. That's where, where, that where, is your where did you have Edmonton? Where's Edmonton? Oh Edmonton. Whoops, I missed Edmonton. Sorry. 13. It's 16. easy to miss them. Um, they're gonna finish with 82 right behind Chicago. So it's the only two that could flip are Chicago and Edmonton. Right. So okay. Edmonton could finish ahead of Chicago, but they might finish underneath. So you're there saying you 82. My projector has them finishing with 94 points. All right. So. Oh my God. All right. So I want to. So no, I'm going to tell you this. My my projector is way off. Okay. My project because my <laughs> what my projector does is is it just it just bases on what should happen. But the Oilers aren't going to win every game. They should win the rest of the way. Okay. That means they're going 12-0 and one in the last 13 games. They're going to get beaten. Like I said, but they but based on every individual event, like you're talking about, Peter. They've got winning records against these teams. They've got they've got those teams on on some of those better teams on back to back on back, on the ends of back to backs after they've got rest. There's all kinds of crazy crap that's going on that that, that go the Oilers' way here. I did point out the Oilers' record against Jordan Bennington is zero and zero. Did did yeah. right. No, I know, I know. And Keith I and, Gretzky, and, and did, if they're at Bennington doesn't play that game because the Flyers they're, they're going to rest Bennington. Did Keith Gretzky all of a sudden find the the secret to reincarnate Rocket Richard because that's the <laughs> only way that friggin' team is going 12 0 and one? I mean, it's right. coming. I mean, if you're, come if you're on. What would you give me? Would you cut cut in the middle there? Would you say that? Well, you would you make a bet with me that they finished more than eighty eight or eighty six? Who me? Yeah, I, I say uh, they were the finished more than eighty. Let's come right in the middle. I, I say the eighty seven or higher. You say no. seven or higher? Nope. Yeah. That means they've got to earn. Oh my God, they're only at sixty-nine points. They've got to earn um, tw- eighteen points. Yeah, I'll take yeah. that back. Okay. Like, yeah, I'll take it too. I'll take yeah. it too. All right, we're gonna see where they finish. Remember that number, eighty-seven guys. They're eighty-seven. Toast. No, toast. I'm not. I'm not. Again, is, I'm, okay. Again, this is how this is how bad the Edmonton Oilers are. They trade for Sam Gagne, who was relegated to the AHL. Loaned out to the Toronto Marlies, and he's a talented player. I think you know because his three million dollar salary was something that uh, you know it just wasn't working for them in Vancouver. They make the trade for Ryan Spooner. His first game, he's put on the line with friggin' McDavid. That's how bad this team is. That was a brilliant move by by Hitchcock, and I'll tell you why. Because and and I think Russ will agree with that one. 
um, that Gagne, we've seen Gagne play. Gagne is way better with talented players around him. He is. That is true. And Gagne has this. There, there are very few players that can play, that have the actual like mental and then physical ability to like play with. But you misunderstand what I'm saying. This is not an attack on Sam Gagne because I think Sam Gagne is an NHLer. This is an attack on the Edmonton Oilers for the fact that a guy who was relegated to the AHL for most of the season was their one of their best options to put on the top line. When you're putting Zach Cassian and Jujar Kara in your top six, you are a pathetic organization. This will be called the miracle of the mall, but the, the chat room is confused. Like, we need to move on. Yeah, please. I just want to say one thing about the Oilers. Of their remaining 13 games, nine of them are against a team either ahead of them or in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, I know. Easy money. I know. I know. No, I, all right, easy money. Go ahead. Go. But the way the – but look at look at the Oilers. Look at the Oilers historically against those particular teams. It's crazy. And and we're not – we're talking about like the last two and four years when the Oilers haven't been great teams. Um. Anyway, the last thing I'll say about this the, – the point of this exercise is – to talk about these percentages and how you have to actually play out these games to get an actual projected. You can't just look at percentages and say they're not going to make it. That's too easy. That's too obvious. Yeah. And in fairness to you, I, I will say this. Back in the 90s, they used to go down to Vegas a fair bit. It was a quick flight from Vancouver, and we go down for lots of music things and stuff. And one of the things we realized really fast was the, that the bookies in Vegas – didn't really understand a couple nuances of hockey yeah. in terms of things like back-to-back -back starts, yeah. backup goalies on on back-to-back -back games, things like that, and they weren't they weren't seeing that. And so you can make really good bets and make some pretty easy money fast if you if you knew what the team was and you were sort of willing to put it you know put it down. And it wasn't that hard. And they got wise. So I think there's an element to what you're saying that is definitely there's some there's some truth in it and some probability that you got to consider a certain event thing because yeah. if all of a sudden your goalie goes down or next thing you know your goalie gets hot and you're, you're starting it the right way it's going to have an effect on how, what your betting odds on a game-by-game -game basis i just think it's really hard to project out without using a long-term trend of the team because they all average to what they are yeah no it is it is but and and, and last thing i'll say is this about this percentages and your total and i appreciate that peter for somebody has to agree with something i say today <laughs> um, all right. The other the last thing I'll say is this: the Flyers right now, according to Pro Sports Stats, are a seven point six percent chance to make the playoffs. The Blue Jackets and the Montreal Canadiens, respectively, are fifty six point three and forty four point nine percent. They are three points ahead of the Flyers right now, and have been playing terrible hockey. And the Flyers are the best team in the second half, and they have twelve games left. And you're telling me the Flyers can't make up three points on two teams that are playing terrible hockey? Well, you're saying terrible hockey. They're five and five. Right. That's not terrible hockey. That's no. average NHL hockey. No. Right. All right, they're five and what, five. What, what, right. what they're using, they're the only making up three points. And the Flyers play, I think they play Columbus and Montreal. I'm not sure. Okay, I gotta remember that. Next game, I looked this up. Next game, they play Washington. Yep. Washington has only lost. Washington's going to kill them. Washington is nine and one in their last 10, and they've only lost 12 games all year on the road. Yeah, Washington's <laughs> crazy good right now. Okay, so if Washington, so they lose that game. Now you're you're one less game off the docket. You don't know who else is going to win that night. They could be five points out again. You get what's yeah. happening here. It's like 
They're going to take one step forward and two steps back. That's why that they only have to take two steps forward while one of those other teams takes two steps back. And well, suddenly nobody's taking two back. They're at, they're at 500. Both one of them. Montreal taking steps back. I'll tell you, I just don't agree. I think that, I think it's possible. I really, and I'm not saying, I don't even think the Flyers, I don't even think it benefits the Flyers to make the playoffs. And I'm going to sound like Mike here for a second. But I don't think because finally, I honestly, finally some good sense. <laughs> I honestly don't think that anybody of these wide open cloud cards in either conference has a shot at any of these top teams. Like I think that I think there's a right. huge difference. There's a huge difference this year. I think Washington and Tampa are by far the best teams in the East. I don't even think it's close. Um, and I think those two teams. I don't think anyone else can play with those two teams. Here I, the classic I, think, bad I think you could put Boston into that category. Yeah. Hold on, though. Here are the classic bad signs that are really being sort of overlooked with the Flyers. They fall behind every game. Last mm -hmm. night they fell behind. Now they are playing Ottawa, right? So yeah. then they score the next three, and you think the game's in hand, and then Ottawa gets another goal with yeah. like a minute and change left. And then all of a sudden, anything can happen. You play a better team than that, you're losing most of those games. And they've been playing that way all year long. Yeah, but they've also – no, I agree, I agree with you completely. Cardinals playing left wing, and they've got a fourth-line defenseman in there every game now. Like, teams yeah. are going to figure out this seventh defenseman thing. And when they do, it's going to look ugly for the Flyers. But they've also done it without Carter Hart, who's turned their season around, right? They've done right. it lately. Lately, they've done it without him, which is pretty crazy. Um, and obviously, you know, a lot of people were mad that Elliot was playing last night. But I think the I think the idea was you got to go with Talbot against Washington and not Elliot, right? If you end up back against, I don't know if they're doing that though. Hart might be playing against Washington. I heard, but I don't know. Oh no, 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 he's not playing against Washington. I would be he's, shocked. He's the backup last night, so why wouldn't he be? I I I I thought I thought Gordon said he had to have a certain amount of practices. What what will he have? Two practices by then. Then my bet is 100. I would bet 100 percent that Talbot's the goalie, and then in that game because because yeah, the I wouldn't put him against Washington, no way. You know, you wouldn't play Talbot. No, no, Talbot, I would play. I would not put Hart in. No, I wouldn't put Hart in either. I, if I would, I was hoping they would put him in last night. Well, that would be the perfect chance to put him in. But I, I, I looked, I look at the setup in the East, and I think there's no way that Philadelphia is catching either Carolina or Pittsburgh at 83 points. No, they're not catching either one of them. So, no, they're so, not going to get into the so top three. So they're so they're gone. So it's it's one it's three teams and one makes it, and and Columbus and Montreal are 79, and Philadelphia's at 76. With the same amount of games played, now yeah. they, I believe they play Montreal, but I don't think they play Columbus again. I think they're done with Columbus. Head to head is always, uh, you know, the, the the random element. If you can beat that team, yeah. you gain two points on them in regulation, and you and they don't gain anything. So, but if they don't face Columbus, then and I'm pretty sure they don't. I mean that it's gonna be. I mean, really, act. That's the thing. They have one game left against the two teams that they're chasing. And that's that's tough. I mean, that's really tough to to to. You know, you're going to be watching the scoreboard and hope. And and I think I, I I'm pretty sure Columbus and Montreal play each other. And if they do that, then a three point game screws Phil, screws Philadelphia. Uh, three, both point games, three point games can definitely screw. Them. I mean, I'm not. I'm listen again. The, the idea is front of Philly, and that's including the Islanders, has a losing record in their last ten. What makes us think they're going to have a losing <laughs> record in the next ten? Yeah, no, you're. I mean, listen, I'm not saying uh, that oh, they're probably uh, making the playoffs. Although it's not, we'll move on. But I'm not. Yeah. We'll move on. But I'm not saying they're probably making the playoffs. I'm well, just saying people who say that they are definitely not making the playoffs are out of their minds. And the Blue Jackets are are the Blue Jackets are in trouble. Like watching that game last night. Let's tr transition. Uh, 
Hello, folks. That game, okay. Scoring goals. There's no question. They're having a lot of trouble scoring goals. And who do they play tonight? But Boston. Okay. So they've got Boston tonight. Um, Montreal has Detroit tonight. So Montreal, you know, in this race, you know, Montreal picks up two points tonight, probably. But but Boston and Columbus, uh, it's a tough one, right? For Columbus. Well, really. Columbus out of Montreal replaces them. Philly still doesn't get in. Right. If Col- if Columbus, oh, I know, wins, I know. But Montreal- Columbus wins. Yes. And Montreal wins. Then you know your percentage is going to go down significantly. It'll probably be yeah. under five percent tomorrow. You know what? What I you know what's great though That's is great. I gotta, I want to know what the NHL um, schedule makers use to weight this stuff because <laughs> they are fascinatingly accurate yeah. in making key matchups happen. Like look at Montreal's yeah. matches to finish the season in April. And you know, they have a math genius locked up in the back that we yeah. never see. We Tampa, don't home of Tampa Bay, then to Washington, then back home against the Leafs to finish it. That's a like, horrible ending. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's but, crazy. But, 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 but the thing is though, I mean, even though I think most Leaf fans, if it was a, if there was an opportunity to eliminate Montreal in the final of the game of the season, they would want them to play every good guy on their team and not rest anybody and 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 screw the Hab fans in Montreal, make them make them suffer. But Babcock will play Garrett Sparks, and he'll he'll sit people, yeah, yeah. because, because they will. that game is meaningless to them. So that again, they, they also have to play Winnipeg. They have to play Carolina. They've got to play Columbus. I mean, this this the Montreal schedule is brutal, brutal. No. Now, let me let me just let me just say something about about the the one game last because we basically talked about all the games with the with playoff ramifications with the Islanders beating Columbus and that was and huge. The that's the game we should let's touch on that one because that's a good well, one. Okay, but let, let me let me just touch on the on the Leaf Lightning game uh, quickly. Um, one, you know, I, I love. I love that announcers will make all these excuses. Oh, they've just come back from the Western road swing. Oh, there was a time change. There was a, it was spring ahead. So they lost an hour of sleep. Um, the, 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 the only valid uh, excuse I would say is that there was a lot of illness going on in the, in the leaf locker room. One guy, Zach Hyman was probably not supposed to play, but did and played less minutes. Uh, Casper Kapanen was sick and they basically sat him because they didn't want him to get everybody else sick. And the, the team looked terrible. They came back and, and <laughs> the lightning stomped them. It was six to yeah. two. Yeah. Um, they can make people it's, look it's, it's clear it's clear to me though it's clear to me though is that the leafs right now they've gone oh and two against the islanders which were games that people looked as a you know statement games with the Tavares thing going going to toronto they went one and three against boston and now they've gone one and two they got one more game to go against tampa they're not as good as, i mean they may be as good as the as the as the islanders because I, I don't think the islanders are as good as they're playing right now i think they're they're a creation of the of the uh barry trotts defensive system but they're not as good as boston and they're not as good as tampa and i and i wrote something this morning and said you know the fallacy that the leafs were the leading contender for the stanley cup after they signed Tavares and leading contender odds wise for the stanley cup at the beginning of the year because they were hot is proof that these odds people in that instance, didn't know what the hell they were talking about because until this team improves their defense, they're not going friggin' anywhere. Yeah. Nowhere. It was a good vote of confidence, Mike, that you put up a picture of the uh, Hindenburg yesterday. That was good. 
Well, I said that they looked dazed and confused, and I had to use the the uh, the album cover from Led Zeppelin One. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah, you're you're. Uh, if I go back to like a month ago, Mike, he knew that they were going to be slogging through this part of the season because they had nothing to play for. So we don't really know what they are except, until except, the home, ice, except home ice advantage, right? But we don't really know what they are until the playoff bell rings, too. We have to right. be I mean, clear about that. It's very, and that's the thing. It's very possible that they could they could step up against the yeah. Bruins. But right now, the way that they have slugged around, you know, good for a couple games and bad for a few, and how boss how consistent Boston has been without Pasternak in their lineup. If you know, most people are going to say, I think it's like probably an 80 20 proposition that the Bruins are going to beat the Leafs in the first round. Now, you know, it's not impossible if Tavares plays well, if Matthews shows up, if they get great goaltending out of Freddie Anderson, sure. Yeah. But more than likely, I mean, the way the way it's gone a couple times before in the last five years is probably the way it's going to go. I mean, people in Toronto are starting to get prepared for it because it just seems inevitable. Now, we hope that they can put a, put together a good series against the Bruins, and the Bruins aren't, like, unbeatable. But right now, I think the trend is that the Bruins are heavily favored going into that first-round match. Now, the other thing is, and thankfully well, – they're, they're not heavily favored by Brad Marchand. Because Brad Marchand's a big fan of Mitch Marner. Yes, he he's like the best he player. He wants Mitch out. Marner to have a great contract. Yes, he does. And I and and I would like to sit yeah. underneath. I would like to sit underneath Brad Marchand's nose because there's a lot of shade under there. <laughs> oh, it's great. I love yes. it. It's hilarious. Yes, but uh, thankfully the NHL wheels turned very quickly last night after um, the video came out and this is a the video came out of, uh, during the game about more of uh, that people thought morgan riley had said something a slur to the official and it didn't really add up because um first of all when i listened to it it was sort of distant you couldn't really make it out and then hearing uh it, the audio boosted this morning it sounded like two people saying two different things so thankfully right. after a sort of a, a crap storm after the game last night where uh the nhl was investigating and the and the, and the leafs were uh you know working with them to make sure things went the right way the uh, colin campbell came out this afternoon and said there was no evidence that morgan riley said what people thought he said and Kyle Dubas and Riley had a press conference this afternoon in Toronto and you know I think I I did not think it was I mean if he had said it I think he probably would have been suspended and the league is very sensitive about that with the yeah. you can play initiative and I under I understand that but I didn't th it wasn't in his character to say that so no. um I'm glad it got cleared up me too me yeah. too it definitely wasn't in his character, and, and you know, I hate that kind of. Thing. And really, it's not. not many any. on it way too quick. They didn't even wait for anything to come out on it. Of course, of course not. You know, this is the internet days. You know, we're in the internet days. Everything's just yeah. panic. You know, people think and they assume the worst all the time. So. Well, it, it's it's funny because uh, if if you watch the HBO show The Newsroom, how how Aaron Sorkin like railed against uh, Twitter and social media making this making. Uh, decisions and judgments and this is this is the perfect illustration of that because they jumped to the conclusion like Morgan Riley he's dead to me now because he right. said this and like okay well he didn't say it so is he undead to you now here's the funny thing about Twitter to me like <clears throat> hockey Twitter in general like if we it, it really is no it, these people have these kind of people who are on Twitter hockey Twitter they've always existed you know this right this is like this is not like this is not oh, new no. 
absolutely. Now that you just hear it, that's they just all. have a place you can hear it, right? So, but if you guys, if you were younger, you know, and like right <laughs> you get invited to a party, friends, and uh, and you went where those people were at. Just like it would be like oh, it's ridiculous. I'm not gonna, you know. It's like, so to me, like that's hockey Twitter. To me, is a lot like that. Like, um, I think you know, there's like, good, good aspects to hockey Twitter. Good, of course, there's always good. It's a community. There's good people out there. But what it's you have to realize is that the, the the that the internet the internet internet magnifies the extremes on both sides all the time. Sure. I mean, politics shows this more than anything else, but it exists everywhere, right? So. The extremes on the middle, where ninety-nine percent of people are, it just that doesn't. Those people don't. You know, you never you never call up a company and say, "I love how well my vacuum cleaner is working." You know, you never do that. You know, it, you would never like. You know, I got an oven upstairs. I told you guys about. It. I love it. I never. You know, I actually sent emails to them, and I felt like weird sending emails saying, "Your vat, your your oven is amazing." You know, what I mean, it's just like, but you never see that. You just never see a team, never see a person do that because people on the internet are people that are generally inspired by by anger, and they want to complain about something. And they want to be heard, and that you don't want to be heard when you when you have good news. So, the internet is basically a crime of passion in text yeah. form, is what it is. Yeah. There's no logical reason for 98 percent of all the stuff that's being said there. It's just a passionate yeah. outburst. So instead of you, you know, it's like the trolls, the hate, the whatever. It's just it's all based on passion, right? There's no rhyme or yeah. reason. You just pissed Absolutely. off tweet. Absolutely, no, that's exactly um, it. It's all. It's instantaneous. But let's talk about the Islanders for a second. Um, that was an enormous win for the Islanders. Um, just like and beyond, like anything. I mean, this is the, beyond, like it was saving season-saving win for the Islanders in a lot of ways. Like they, if they lose that game last night to Columbus, who knows? I mean, they really could have fallen out of the playoffs. They could have really collapsed because they're they they've been heading in that trajectory for a while now, and they needed they needed to and you know Columbus with all the pressure on them to shut out Columbus. You know, to get a big game out of Grice, like they got, you know, um, even though we all know, we all know Robin Leonard's the better goalie. Um, <laughs> beyond, but, um, but, you know, to get that game out of Grice, as enormous and absolutely phenomenal, you know, like just Barry Trotz type win. Like, you know, I've, I've cause it's hard to, I know I repeat this a lot, but being like such a fan of the Predators and I watch the Predators, all the Predators games all the time. Um, and since they were, since they've been in the league and I've seen Barry Trotz teams and I knew that that was the kind of game. If I could have like, if someone had pulled me over and said, what's going to happen in that game? I would have said, they're going to shut the mountains by and like win like two to two or three to nothing. Like that's a total Barry Trotz type game where you're, where your team's falling apart and you just shut it down, you know, and, and they're, and it, that's something that is impressive. And that also shows the Islanders have, Probably more than people think going into the playoffs that they will have, like because a lot of people think they're going to be an easy, they could be an easy go in the playoffs because you know it they're over the other side of the coin. I mean, Columbus had the puck most of the night; they yeah. just didn't get goals, and yeah. that's contorello hockey, right? You cycle, you hold on to the puck. Yeah, at some point, that's probably going to start working for them again. I don't think it just falls off the map and stays off the map. Like yeah. Boston have a shutout tonight, and then we're not even discussing Columbus for another couple of games. No, you're right. You're right. You're right about that. Um, but um, and but Columbus obviously they need the Columbus is in desperation mode tonight. Um, sure. They've got Boston. Um, they're at home, I think. Yeah, they're at home. Um, my projector has them getting a point out of this one. This has Boston winning in overtime. So that's that's what the predicts predictions are, which would be good for them if they could. They at least have to get a point out of tonight. They definitely need that. Um, or you know, obviously two points would be would be better. But if they can get one point. Uh, tonight. The other big games tonight are uh, well, Montreal, Detroit. We talked about that. 
Well, Pittsburgh um, Washington's the game that I think everybody that'll watch. be the game. That's like the high profile game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, well, I'm, well, let's Jets let's Sharks will be good too. I think. Oh yeah, no, that, that's actually the better game. I mean, the Jets Sharks. That's the game of the night to me. Well, I mean, it'll be it'll be good, but I, I, I'm just going to count the minutes until Tom Wilson does something stupid. Yeah. Well, then yeah. there's that. And then yeah, you have St. Louis, Arizona, too. Like with Arizona, like we talk about, they're playing really well right now. This is a bit, you know, if, if well, Arizona. Can... I was, I was gonna, I was gonna, br- I was gonna bring that up because Arizona's coming off the seven-one loss to the Hawks, and you know, we talked about that deal when it was made, and said, okay, this is an opportunity for the Blackhawks to get a couple players who didn't work out in Arizona, and we've talked about Dylan Strom and how well Strom has done. Well, Brandon Berlini had a hat trick against his old team. If yeah. if per, if Perlini gets on a roll and he starts playing like a lot of people thought he was going to when he came out of the OHL, that you know then then the, uh, Stan Bowman should be arrested for highway robbery on that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really true. Um, now, now I want I wanted to, I wanted to mention this because it's start these things are starting to come out and I know you know Russ wrote something uh, that he posted on Sportsology I think it was last week Russ about some of these college free agents yeah and we've had a couple yeah, uh, I mean Elliot Friedman just tweeted out a little I oh, know it was uh, you know what it was elite prospects elite prospects thank you I'm sorry um, but uh, Elliot Friedman just tweeted out about 20 minutes ago that um, there's a few names that were brought up uh, Josh Tevis. And uh, Max Verano from Princeton. Yep. Uh, Verano is an Ottawa native, and he's apparently going to go to the Senators. Tevis is from Calgary. He's signing with Vancouver. And the Leafs mm. signed a defenseman from Mercyhurst named Joseph Dusak, who a lot of people seem to be high on, Russ. I mean, yeah, you know Dusak can skate. I mean, I think he can get even better as a skater. He's a good puck handler, really good passer. I think Dusak's got something there. Tevis is an interesting one because – He's all offense. He really he can do puck retrieval, and that's going to be the have, have to be the kind of defenseman he is. He has really good offensive skills. They even used him as a winger one day this year. I've watched him for the last three or four years. He's gotten better every year. I still don't know if he's more than a bottom pair of defenseman, if he even makes it. So I, I think it's a more of a long shot for Tevis because defense isn't his strong suit. And while the offense is good, he's still going to have to do the puck retrieval. He can do it. We'll see. We'll see how that one works out. But there is good speed and offense in his game. Verano is going to be a perfect fit in Ottawa. That's what I wrote for for um, elite prospects. I I think they should sign Kupfer too. Ottawa. I wrote that too about a week ago. Verano is the kind of guy. Now he's played there four years. He's got really good speed. He is the one that made that whole line work. They had a line together basically for four years with Kupfer, Verano, and Alex Ritchie, and Verano over the years even became a better goal scorer because he started shooting the puck more and just in all situations, like basically just firing it on the net, but he plays in all situations. He's a really good puck handler, really good speed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot there. Like he's a guy that probably after a good summer would have a really good chance of playing on Ottawa next year. And that's a really good low cost signing. Right. That's why I think they should get cuffed there too. You got two thirds of a line that could be some great chemistry for the Senators, but I don't know how to do that. And the funny thing is, that over the last few years, we've no, noticed with VC and Butcher, and you know, going yeah. going back a few years to Tyler Bozak, 
um, that, you know, this is a free shot. It's all it costs you is an NHL contract. You know, you, you invest in a, in a college free agent. And if he turns out, I mean, you're way ahead in the game. And, and Peter, the funny thing is, I think teams like Winnipeg and Toronto can really benefit from these college free agents simply yep. because they're good organizations, they're deep organizations, but they have weaknesses. Uh, you know, Winnipeg on the left side of the blue line, the Leafs on the right side of the blue line. Dusak is a right-hand shot defenseman, and he probably sees, you know, other than Timothy Liljegren, the pipeline very barren on the right side with Toronto and probably says, I have a good year in the, yeah. in the NHL. I'm in the NHL in two years. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure that I'm sure that Kevin Sheveldayoff is probably trolling, looking for left-hand shot defensemen because – they could be in the NHL in a year or two when Absolutely. it comes to the Jets. I do want to mention one more thing because it was just it was, the article that I wrote was a fun article because it was basically who gets signed first, Kuffner or Verano, and I said it would be Verano, so I actually was right on that. So that's that's pretty good too. Like I actually guessed that one. You know, the college free agent thing is such a funny thing, like in this situation, because one you now sort of have a little bit of a body of evidence to work with, unlike junior guys who are overage, right? Because these guys are men playing in in, in yeah. essentially a men's league as opposed to a 19-year-old junior who's been bypassed by the draft and has just been playing junior. It's a different world for them. Yeah. And and so you get this chance. And so to your point, Mike. You got to look at that and say, well, now I've, I've been playing like this. I need to get, I have a shot to go and have a better path in, but also what kind of organization is developing players? Well, the least are developing players. They're putting huge resources into yeah. player development. You're, you're just continuing what's the best fit for you. And, and that's, that's why they becomes attractive and stuff. And I think there's a lot of benefit to teams. To, to, to further that out, but a lot of teams like the Leafs and even the Canucks to a certain degree who are able to sign someone is to get in and get an ass, uh, get a point where you have a route to the NHL and you're being supported on that route. You're not left to wither in the wind, right? Yeah. That's well, the biggest thing. I think a good example, Peter. So with Vancouver, you have Adam Gaudet who, who won the Hobie Baker, right? He's 22. So that's a, that's a big advantage when a guy comes in at 22 because when you come in from college, you've already been working out, you're stronger, you've got the man strength already, you, you've been going to class, you're living on your own. So a lot of those things you have battled already. He's 11 points in 14 games for Utica. That's really good. Like that shows that Adam Gordet probably plays in the NHL next year. Yeah, so, and, you know, and, the other, and, the, and the other thing, and we, we sort of under – understated during the summer are some of the European free agents that are, that are signed. And I know like in Toronto, like people are saying, well, you know, Nikita Zaitsev, they sign him to the long-term, long-term contract and that's not a good value. Or they bring in Orgman or Rosen or Ozaganov and they're not top four defensemen. Well, the thing is, is like there is value in bringing in a bottom pairing guy. If, if, if you didn't have these guys ready to step in, you know, you're either playing a, a complete nothing like a Martin Marinson 15 minutes a night, or you're rushing a young kid up from the American Hockey League who's probably not ready for the NHL. There is value in having these guys develop and having them available to play games, uh, in, in, you know, instead of other players in your organization. So, I mean, like if the Leafs and other teams dip into the KHL and the SHL over the summer, and these guys get a chance. I mean, I mean, hey, Par Lindholm, 
he's not, you know, he he was an SHL guy. He came over, he played okay for the Leafs. He, now he's playing for the Jets. There is value in those players. So I, I don't think that, uh, yeah, anyway. So I agree. I agree. We're going to see more college um, signings, but not all of them are going to make it. No. I only know these Princeton guys because, again, I cover Princeton more than any other college team and I've watched them for four years. So that's that's the only reason I have a better, little better read on these guys than some of the others. Yeah, no, that's good. That's the, you're the man. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, what else do we have, guys? What else you, you want to take a question or two from the chat? Yeah, take a question from the chat. That's a good idea. Let's see what they got. We might have some YouTube questions too. Let me see if I can grab some of those too. Right. Um, some YouTube comments. Usually, the, usually those questions are more and more complaints about the fact that our pre-show is too long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody said fifteen minutes. What the bleep? And like, <laughs> sorry. I was with somebody the other night though. It was like, I love the pre-shows. Pre-shows are great. So it varies. It does. Again, vary. no one calls it. Does, yeah, you, you need you need something to work with here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm looking on the looking to see what we have here in the chat as far as the uh, as far as some questions here. I know, I'm trying to find another sad wrestling death. Russ, uh, the Mass Destroyer died. I don't know if I know him. Oh, he was in the WWF for a while. Like he was like NWA and WWE. That was his name, the Mass. The Mass. Let me look him up. I don't know if I remember him. Yeah, he's from Buffalo. That's why I, he died a few days ago. He's like he's. Nah, his... I do remember him. He was really a jobber, though. He wasn't very good. Right, no, he was like Johnny Rods or, or yeah, Jose yeah. Estrada. Those, those are the guys. Like, if you watched wrestling and you know who Johnny Rods is, or yeah. or, or uh, Jim Williams, like these I guys. Yeah, yeah they, these guys who wore like a singlet. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they they never they never won a match. They were always on the Saturday night. They were they were the sacrificial lamb to Jimmy Superfly Snuka or Roddy Piper. True. All right. Uh, no, actually, you know what? I didn't wait. Hold on. All right. So who do we have in the final four for Scott C is asking us. So I guess for the NHL, we're going to have to wait on that one. Scott. Oh, yeah. No, we're going to have a prediction show. But yeah. uh, the only thing I'll say is Tampa is probably guaranteed. Well, you can do it yeah. as of now. Like As of now, I mean, I, as of, you know, and then this will definitely, this can definitely change because I think we have a lot to, to go there for sure. But we'll get into the playoffs. But as of now, like I said, I don't think anyone's beaten Tampa or Washington. So I'm going with those two. In the, uh, I think I, I I think Boston has a chance, but I I would I would, I would lean towards. A shot, but I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna get. I, I mean, I'm I'm not convinced that they're gonna get past Duran Toronto. Um, oh, well, okay. I know we just. talked about the God's ear. No, I'm, I'm I'm just, and the reason I say that is because you know, and and then you know, who knows? The way the playoffs work, they're just all about momentum, you know. So it's, it's such a. It's such a tricky thing. Like if, if if Toronto has a really great series and can come out and can beat Boston, then who knows? Maybe they have a shot at Tampa. But it doesn't. I mean, like I said, I won't complain. But I, no, I right sure. now, right now, I don't see it because the Leafs are sort of wallowing and they have injury problems and. Uh, All right, the so from yesterday, are a oil machine. But I can't do yesterday, that. Mark um, Mark Alicious, it, it was a really good 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 reader he reads a lot or not we watch watch the podcast he comments a lot we really appreciate that he's a kings fan um you guys should talk about how good grunstrom has been for the kings thank you Elise. we got a solid we got a solid one two goals in his first two games some yeah, comparing well, him to a hornquist here in la he's not going to score 82 goals but i've i've always liked carl grunstrom from the time that he was drafted in the second round by the leafs he's they called him the swedish swedish leo Komarov when they drafted him he's feisty he gets he goes to the front of the net he is not a 
a particularly big player, but he, you know, he will withstand the the abuse from defensemen in front of the net. And like his first NHL goal was basically standing almost in the crease. I think he's a 15 to 20 goal scorer. I mean, right now it looks like he's scoring at a more, you know, ridiculous yeah. pace. I think Rehnquist, Rehnquist is a good comparison now. Uh, Hornquist a little better, I think, because yeah, I, 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 what I always said was Thomas Holmstrom. He, I think he could stand in front of the net in the power play and get goals and take abuse. I don't know if he is going to be as good as Hornquist. Hornquist, you know, is a t- twenty plus, twenty five, yeah, almost close to thirty. Yeah, you know? no, but he's a real, he's a really good young player, and the, the only reason the Leafs traded him, not they didn't like him, they had they have so many wingers that they had to pay the price to get the defenseman. Now they, now they just need another one. I do, yeah. I do want to say this, Zach. Someone in the chat room did say, hey, how come nobody has Rod Brindamore for the Jack Adams? And then they were asking about Scott Gordon. The midseason awards, just so you know, for the for the Jack Adams was Trotz, Peters, and Cooper. Right now, Scott Gordon has no chance. Even if the Flyers made the playoffs, he has no chance. It's a small yeah. sample size. They brought up a great goalie. He's not going to win the award. It's just the way it is. If you think it's unfair, then I'm just saying that's how the voting is going to go. But right yeah, now, right. Rod Brindamore would be my number one. And the guy, the guy who probably deserve, deserves votes, but pro- and we probably, well, we won't know how many votes he gets until they get the final standings. Is Rick Tockett? Yeah, so I don't know how the hell the the Coyotes are in this yeah. race with all the injuries that they have, especially in goal. In goal. Um, but they're, you know, they're with. I'm going to give it to more because yeah. if you told me at the beginning of the year that the goaltending would go the way it's gone for them and they're in the playoffs, I probably wouldn't have agreed with you. Yeah, yeah no, I, I totally agree. I got to go, guys, but I want to answer two real quick questions, okay? okay. Um, first of all, Cam Young um, in the – Cameron Young in the in – the, yeah, he wanted to know what we have against Bigfoot and Squat and uh, and Nessie. I just want to say that I'm wearing my uh, my uh, Bigfoot thing today. Keep it keep it squatchy. There's Nessie. nothing against these fake things. In honor of him, I, Bigfoot's real, but that's okay. We won't talk about that today. Um, I, all right, I, so. I, prefer, I prefer the indomitable snow, snowman. Right. And then the other the other thing is uh, uh, Two Dope wants to know why I don't have a Saskatoon Blades jersey. Send me one. I'll have I'll put one back there in a second. I'd love that. I'd love that. I, I'm, I was looking into like an Indianapolis Racers jersey. I just try to find – I basically look for cheap, look for cheap jerseys unless they're given to me. Saskatoon so Blades is a great franchise. They are. It's an awesome jersey. The St. Louis Blues jersey is one of the new ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, no, that was that was new yesterday. Today, the newest one, um, the virus one over there. Um, uh, Hung up over there, and then behind well, that's the not new because you were wearing it yesterday. So that's, know, that's new. But then next to the um, Otter's jersey, there. I don't know if you can see it or not. Is the, the uh, one? Is the Ramuski new? North Dakota. Um, okay. uh, Zach Parise jersey. That's right okay. next to him. Ramuski is the other direction. Yeah, that's Ramuski the other way. There. Yeah, Ramuski is new. I thought so. Yeah, that's is not that new. A, but that's that a Freddie Gauthier jersey or a Sidney Crosby jersey. There you go. Yeah, it is a Sidney Crosby jersey. The Ramuski jersey. All right. Remember, guys, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow.